Hello and welcome to Manga Splaining, the show where we recommend great manga to folks who haven't read much manga before. Hosted by me, Deba Oki, David Brothers, Christopher Woodrow Butcher, and Chip Zdarsky. Follow along with our show notes and reading list at mangasplaining.com. And as you can tell from this intro, it is my week this week. And I thought we, after a bunch of kind of heavy <laughs> stuff, I thought let's do something fun. Silly, something I've been threatening to throw in front of you guys for a while. And let's just see what happens. So we are reading Cherry Magic, 30 Years of Virginity Can Make You a Wizard? <laughs> Question mark, exclamation point. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Great. This is by Yu Toyota. It is from Square Enix Manga. And, you know, let's let's just set this up, okay? Here's the back of the book. It says, it's magically complicated. After hitting the big 3-0 while still a virgin, office drone Adachi discovers he can use magic. But this troublesome new skill, like Adachi himself, is fairly unremarkable. It allows him to read the minds of whomever he touches. One day, when he accidentally works his magic on Kurosawa, his very competent, handsome colleague, Adachi discovers Kurosawa has a raging crush on none other than Adachi himself. With zero romantic experience to fall back on, Rokurosawa's burning passion sent Adachi running for the hills. <laughs> well, let's see. It also describes itself as a pure boys love rom-com that wears its heart on its sleeve. Hmm. So, I guess, well, hmm, I, I trust y'all read it. It's a slim little volume, so there's, uh -huh. no, there's no crying here <laughs> how long it was. It's a light, fast little read. I guess I'll ask the gay. What did you think of it? <laughs> ask the gay. Ask the gay. <laughs> Christopher, do tell. Honestly, I had um, I was unsure going into it because the concept of it, uh, speaking as the gay, I was like a little like the concept of someone. I, I didn't know. Like I knew what the book was about. I knew the back of the book mm. description, but I didn't obviously know the execution. So I was a little bit like, man, mining a real problem in Japan, which is like people forced into the closet that, you know, can't be with the person they like. And so they just dive into work or they they sort of put that side of themselves away. And that for 30 years and all of a sudden, you know, they're they're wizards because of it. Like, you know, there's there's some stuff there. Like that's like a, a real not being able to come out, especially in the workplace, because I knew this is a workplace comedy is a real social issue. And I was like apprehensive about reading this book because of that where i mostly just give bl a pass because it's like light fantasy right but man the first time you talk to somebody who's like in a bar and or the hundredth time you talk to somebody in a bar and they're like not out it's such mm -hmm. a bummer it's such a bummer because it's like yeah i only get to come out you know this night of the week because otherwise i'm working you know on the track to croce like death from overwork like it's it's real it's real sad so I, I always approach BL with like, is this going to be the one? Because I've read a couple that, you know, mostly a long time ago, I think BL's gotten a lot better about it. But is this going to be the one where I'm going to be like, man, I can't get behind this. And mm. this ended up being a, a way more different book than I was expecting in a good way. Mm. It's so light. It's so light. And anytime I had any kind of complaint, this is true, by the way, anytime I had kind of complaint in my head about it, I was like, 
Chip would be like, that's not this kind of book. You're expecting too much out of this book. First of all, that is not my voice. <laughs> First of all, How dare you? This is not, that's not my voice. How dare you? Why would you want this out of this book? That's not what this book is trying to achieve. So it's, it's like just a Tarantino like, okay. impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like <laughs> maybe the most insulting thing you've ever said to dick, me. Dick, dick, using dick, that dick, 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 dick. Wow. That was a Tarantino quote, by the way, as <laughs> <Yeah>. the gay. <laughs> no, it for real. Like it was just like, are you really going to complain about this? Because you can hear the chip, the chip angel and devil are both giving me shit mm. the whole time. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> Oh my god! But it so it was so light that it was like there's nothing to be upset about, and I did find myself getting invested a little bit in their relationship as it was going on because it was just like, man, have I ever been in both sides of this relationship as well? I have been the person who's like, how could anyone possibly like me? And how come this person can't tell that I like them? Like I'll just be super nice to them. Till they figure it out. And it's it was nice. You know, and it was like not nostalgic almost, but it was like it was nice. But it was also like, man, the setup guarantees that they're never gonna get together and this is gonna be a 25 volume long will they won't they situation. And so it kind of dampened my enthusiasm for it by the end. So yeah, that was my thoughts on it. It was made me think of chip the whole time, every time we touch. <laughs> Cherry magic made you think of me the whole time. <laughs> made me think of mangasplaining, actually. Yeah. Mangasplaining chip is slightly different than hanging out at a bar <laughs> chip. Although it's been a couple of years, so I don't know. That's true. That's true. I'll have to get together when you're back in Toronto. And I'm back in Toronto. I do like the fact that you state that this will probably go on for like 25 volumes where nothing happens, where the characters basically complain about that at the end as well. And like the, <laughs> on that, like, the cartoony authors page they're like are you for real but we hardly did anything in volume one <laughs> <laughs> so they know what they're doing that's yeah. for sure yeah almost get <laughs> uh, well sorry i don't want to spoil it but sure yeah, that's my thought that's my thought i'll pass the buck along yeah <laughs> what did the real chip think <laughs> oh wait real chip we're gonna go to real chip all right real chip have i ever have i ever shown anyone the real chip before <laughs> it's not worth it <laughs> <laughs> Never is, is it? <laughs> well, I mean, I judge this book. For, no, I wasn't. I was going to go into a whole thing to contradict Chris, but that seems <laughs> cruel. <laughs> I don't think this book really examined the social conditioning that. <laughs> no, it didn't. Gay it culture really didn't. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll, I mean, this book was. I think you said, you know, wears its heart on its sleeve. It also wears its plot and its characters on its sleeve. Like, it's like sleeve deep, the whole thing. <laughs> and it's a short sleeve. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a short sleeve. Yeah, I mean, it, the author did a good job producing the book that this is. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> right? I mean, like, basically, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm given the chip answer that Chris... <laughs> was hoping I would give like this fulfills the requirement of what I think this book sets out to be, which is a very light rom-com kind of thing. Mm. But it's, it's just so not my bag. Like I laughed a lot at the first page when they set up the entire thing with that first page. Like, I'm 30, and I'm a virgin, and I can read minds, and I like this guy, but I don't know if he likes me. But, like, 
having to keep like the voice in check in the back of my head to not judge this on like kind of the plot problems <laughs> was very hard throughout because like the, the whole premise is like and you even read it on the back like you know does this guy like me? Like it immediately states that this guy likes him. He can read his mind that he likes him. So the rest of the book just kind of like loses the plot a little bit after that. Cause then it's like, like where, where's the tension if he already knows? Like, I think if you actually remove the mind reading from this, the book would read the same, if not better. Like, I don't think the mind reading actually mm. helped this at all. Like there was the one point where he helped him, you know, he determined that the boss needed to eat some cake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's the only time that kind of came in that actually kind of helped with the story but otherwise like it, it could have just been a straightforward like like what chris is saying like i think the kind of the story that we've all had in our lives of like does this person like me i can't tell you know and then you get the the hints from the person but it's never outwardly spoken like, i think if, anywhere on the, the sexual spectrum i think most people have have been in that situation. So the mind reading thing just was like, it's a gimmick that doesn't actually help it at all. It was more interesting with the other character, the, the other 30 year old virgin who can read minds oh. <laughs> with the, with the delivery guy like that, that felt like it actually kind of played out better in terms of like a, a, a plot element to it. Hmm. Played out better by what do you mean? Like in comparison, the two. I think there was tension there. There was tension. The yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, whereas with the, the two main characters, like that tension is exactly the same without the mind reading. Like it doesn't, mm. doesn't actually affect anything. If anything, it negates it a bit because he does know that he's interested in him. Like mm-hmm. as, as a reader, you're just like, we already know he's interested in you. Like it becomes a different question. Like, am I scared to act on this? You know, am I scared to actually engage him? Like, why isn't he trying to move on me when I know he likes me? But but yeah, it's just like, and also like, okay, so does everyone when they turn 30 get this power? Mm. And nobody notices. <laughs> but like, to be. Th- there was a little interstitial page where the, the author explains this a little bit. Oh, did I miss that? No, it's really cute. It's not in the digital version. It's- it, it, it might be. I- no, it's there where it's just like, oh, it was just a whim of the goddess of whatever. It's like, oh, it's your birthday and you're so sad. Here you get a gift. <laughs> Uh, all right there you go cute goddess drawing it was neat (laughs) it's cute i mean the author kind of going like oh i got a lot of letters pointing out that if people who were still virgins at 30 turn into wizards there would probably be a lot more wizards Mm. (laughs) (laughs) it's true all right well that that solves that problem (laughs) there were some there were some nice like kind of sexy moments in this like Mm. Like the the kind of the uh, the page of the imagining of yeah. the neck oh, kiss. Yeah. The it's, story, it's yeah. very well done. Yeah, and it's it's in the, it's in the backup story. It's oh uh, yeah, that's when it actually heated up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And even then, it was like imagination. So yeah, I can't. How many volumes is this? It's actually I just got volume eight the other day. Okay. And I think it ends at nine when they get married. Oh, hey, so it does advance. So it's only nine volumes? Wow, I didn't realize. I thought it yeah. went on for a lot longer. They're very slim little volumes, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They seem to be. Well, that's nice to know that it progresses, because, like, you know, Chris was saying, like, 25 volumes before anything happens, if anything happens, but, like... No, no, it actually goes quite fast. Okay. Like, like I was writing my notes on this, and it's like, 
the way that this story progresses is pretty fast compared to shoujo manga. <laughs> okay. Damn, we, we should have we should have maybe read two volumes then to see that kind of progression. Um, hmm. It kind of gets like I mean, there's all this kind of let me let me look. I'm looking at volume two right now, and of course, there's things like the it has all the tropes of shoujo manga, where like there's trip to the onsen, mm-hmm. and then there's the rival, and then all this kind of stuff. But you know, like chapter two, they go right into the let's sleep over at each other's house and see what happens kind of thing. Yeah. That's oh, pretty wow. fast. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty fast for shoujo manga. <laughs> yeah. David, you might have missed this, but it goes to volume nine and they get married in volume nine. Spoiler. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Is it over after that? I think so. Yeah. That's the last yeah. volume. That is really surprising. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing is, I mean, I should probably just warn everybody. It's like, it's spoilerific. Let's, let's, let's roll with this. Okay. It's a spoilerific episode. We have to put spoiler warnings. It's a rom-com. It's I don't know if anybody's going to read this for the... <laughs> But will they or yeah, won't they, yeah. David? We like we can't say. Actually, I guess we just did. Well, maybe they get married yeah. without actually having sex, and he's still a wizard. There's a point where Krista has to figure out if I sleep with this guy, am I going to lose my powers? Mm. Right? And I am I going to be able to still communicate with him because I'm so shy and you know it's kind of socially awkward. What's going to happen to our relationship because our relationship was able to progress at all? Because I had that little cheat code, you know, to figure out what he was thinking. Yeah. And so he, there's, it does progress in that way where he's kind of like thinking like, well, he has to kind of confront, you know, like if I'm in a real relationship, I'm going to have to do it without the training wheels, right? Yeah. Without the, without the cheat code of being able to read this guy's mind and be able to say the right thing or understand what he really meant or, you know, make clear that. You know, not have these misunderstandings and see what his intentions were and not how I felt. It's funny. It, it almost feels like a bit of a Marvel Comics thing. Oh, how's that? If I sleep with them, I'll lose my powers. It's like the conundrum at the heart of like a uh-huh. classic Marvel superhero story. Really is, actually. That's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should pitch that to Marvel. You should try it. <laughs> <laughs> Wolverine, if I have sex with her, I'm going to lose my claws. I can oh see my it. God. Mm. Yeah. That's the worst. <laughs> it would be the worst, Christopher. I, or his claws, <laughs> his claws come out, but they're soft. They just like <laughs> flop over. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the worst oh possible God. visual. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like I've, Taken over a little bit, and we still have to hear what, what David has to think about cherry magic. Please, David, let's hear from the straight. So, <laughs> straight. Surprising, no one. I basically agree with Chip, but for different reasons. Uh, uh. I thought it was maybe less funny than he did. Like, I, I can't do will they won't they? It's so annoying. Mm, but if the jokes are good enough, then that's fine. Mm. But when chapter one ended four pages in. And then kept going. I was like, oh, no, it's an online comic. And I knew that the pacing was going to be <laughs> Yes, Yes, that is very true. I had the same reaction. Because <laughs> I bet if I saw this on Twitter or, you know, Pixiv, whatever it ran on. Or Twitter, I think they say at the end of it. It was Richie Twitter, yeah. Yeah, I would like it a lot more because then it's like a dose of a joke. But mm-hmm. here it's like six doses of a joke that's told just in like kind of an okay way. Yeah. Like, they never really capitalize on the mind-reading part outside of just, like, 
there's some good flirting bits. I will give him that. Like when he peeks in the guy's mind and it's like, you know, character limits are too small. So we use pictures. For this bit. Like, that's <laughs> that a was good actually joke. a great bit. That's a good bit. Yeah, it's true. But so much of it is just like romantic flailing. And I just, I don't get it anymore. You know, it's not, yeah. it's not funny enough necessarily to read in like a chunk like this. I think if I'd spaced this one out, I would have liked it a lot more. Mm. I would have liked this if I was like 16, 17, I think, because I would have those feelings. And yeah. now, Aww. whereas now as an adult, I'm just yelling at them, just like, just talk to each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's still, yet again, like, kiss mm-hmm. the girl, like the crab Little Mermaid. <laughs> um, <laughs> every time I see a romance, it's will they, won't they? It's just like, no, kiss the girl. That's kiss it. Kiss the girl. <laughs> but also, I. I've been doing a thing where, like, you recommend books and, you know, you pitch them and I listen to the pitch and it's often very good. But then I'll forget the pitch between reading and actually recording. Uh So I read this one without reading the back of the book. I read the digital edition. Oh. And I was like, parental advisory, explicit content on the cover. I was like, oh, it's that kind of BL. It Mm. is not that kind of BL. It is not. (laughs) In fact, it is the opposite of that kind of BL. (laughs) Which was, like, disappointing, I think. Because you were waiting the whole book for it to happen. No, I realized Is immediately it wasn't you, going bro? to happen. Like, <laughs> no, I realized immediately it wasn't going to happen. That was even worse. Because <laughs> then, wow. like, there are uh, <laughs> like horny straight guy manga like this. Like Kakiguri is kind of a book that's similar. It has a lot of like romantic hijinks and uh, sexual characteristics used for humor. Let's say, yeah. <laughs> but it's like leaving with other stuff that kind of makes it more interesting. Mm. like there's a little bit of edge to the gambling there's like weird like stuff with blood and this has so little edge that it's just like a series of meat cutes for guys who work together yeah you know at a certain point like they're gonna have to you know ask each other on a date like outright and i know they'll get there but it just feels sort of like being stuck in first gear the whole book Mm. or like repeatedly getting to first base maybe yeah it's true it's it's been I feel like it goes pretty fast with the setup. Like it explained mm-hmm. the entire setup. In oh, yeah. Pages, right? Yeah, that is fantastic. Boom. <laughs> well, frankly, I don't want to, you know, say I'm better than David, but I figured out it's a webcomic by page one. <laughs> <laughs> because like everything is on that first page. Just, I'm just like, oh, God, like this is clearly like something yeah. somebody posted <laughs> somewhere very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it basically was like this one off joke and then it turned into something longer. So. Yeah. It's really funny because like I'm, I'm reading the end part, the ending uh, little comic, where the author is talking with the, the editors at Square Enix who said, oh, let's make this into a book. Yeah. And it says, it's fundamentally a romantic comedy, but I'd like to show the shifts and changes in Kurosawa's and Adachi's hearts in detail. As the story mm. develops, I'd like to have them get sexy too. Um, will that be okay at Square Enix? Absolutely. Bring it on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I need either more romantic or more comedy for mm. this to really click for me. Yeah. You know? Mm. Mm. I didn't want to inflict more than one volume on you guys. Mm-hmm. Why not? <laughs> well, this was enough of a setup, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. It gives you a good taste of it. When I first pitched it, it was mostly because like, we did a couple other flavors of BL, right? We did mm-hmm. the dark stuff, which was the Birds of Shangri-La, which is kind of like a suspense thing, <laughs> drama. Then we had Dick Fight Island, which was just ridiculous, but fun. Mm-hmm. And then we had our dining table, which was so soft and sweet, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so this is like a little, a couple ticks hotter than our dining table. 
but quite a few ticks less. Than Interesting. I think quite a it's few ticks less. For me. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Wah, wah. <laughs> it's almost kind of the same level of spice as our dining table. So Is that right? The metaphor for me. Like there's, they hint at like kissing and stuff like that or like holding hands, but there's never any, and I apologize in advance for saying this, climax. (laughs) 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 Like the catharsis is almost all comedy or, you know, like hijinks rather than, you know, romantic in nature. Mm. While Mm. our dining table, I feel like the relationship stuff is really strong. It's been a while since I read it. Yeah. But I thought the relationship stuff was really strong in that one. Yeah, it dug in more in the relationship stuff, I feel. And it's just because this guy is, uh, I can't remember his name, I'm sorry, but our virgin is just like untouched. You know what I mean? Like is basically the 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 conflict isn't supposed to come from two people trying to figure out the relationship. It's from one person trying to figure out what like any kind of relationship is. And I think it's maybe that the author is playing up this aspect that because he is a virgin and he's got these magical powers, which are obviously the focus of the story, he filters every interaction through possible like sex you know what i mean like he's looking at like all of his interactions with this dude who's like really into him the only two things are i can string him along because and there's a side note from the author that says you'd be foolish if you don't think that's what women do to men so you should just like string him (laughs) along too and that's like in there or i could just go ahead and like give in to him and it's like you can be his buddy there's no third option in this. It's like either I string him along or I just give in to the things that he's thinking in my brain. I think it's one of the more interesting things is that like he's filtering everything through this possible sexual sexual encounter and he hasn't figured it out yet that you can just be friends with a gay dude. I guess there'd be a lot less tension in this, like even less tension in this <laughs> book if he did figure it out. But I do think that that's like, again, one of those things where I was like, yeah, if he was like a little bit more realistic, he could realize that, oh, I could just have this whatever. And it's like, no, that's not it's not what the story is. It's not what the yeah. story is. I didn't even see the friend thing coming. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Which is maybe weird for me. But I think I took it almost as like he wants to date him. And the other option is like not being with him at all. Mm. But I might have been reading too deeply at that point. Mm. <laughs> but the thing that's really interesting about this, right, is that he basically, he got to 30 thinking... I have no romantic chops at all, right? It never seems to occur to him that he could be gay. If mm. anything, he seems asexual. Mm, I've know? met those dudes too. Yeah. So then, and then when he's dealing with someone who obviously is really into him, he's kind of feels ill-equipped to deal with it, right? Like he's not, I don't feel like there's this moment where he goes like, yeah, this, that's why I've never got into girls. Or that's why when I went to a hooker when I was 30, I, it just grossed me out. Like I, maybe I'm gay. Like, he doesn't have that aha moment? Well, that's because it's BL. And that's the other problem. Ah, That's a trope right there is that, like, Mm. gay people so rarely exist in BL. Everyone, like, dudes are just doing it with dudes, but no one has a gay identity. No one's, like, like, unless they are aggressive, let's say, in the BL space. Like, the person who is, like, a confirmed homosexual in BL is usually, like, out to get you. And it's just, like, such a shitty trope, but it is so... Much a trope and so much BL manga. I'm trying to think of, we haven't read anything like that, maybe. Like, we read the softest possible stuff, I think, a lot of the time. Like, even the etchy, you know, H, you know, heterosexual <laughs> porn manga, we're still reading pretty, pretty light stuff. We're reading Kakiguri or like, uh, what was 
ready and wet uh, raw raw hero <laughs> and it's just like yeah everything's like oh it's to coin a phrase titillating <laughs> from the recent not all girls are stupid episode with chip hates <laughs> the word titillating but like I that's love what titillating. it is but if we read like a real BL, like especially an older BL, like fake or something like that, they'll be the like spoiler character who's out to ruin the possibly pure relationship between the two leads. And we don't have any of that yet. I don't know. Maybe there's another person at the office who's gunning for the nerd in volume six. But yeah, like that, that triangle is such a part of BL. Like another evil version, basically. Yeah, yeah. Evil, evil gay guy. <laughs> Actually, there's there's a girl. Character, oh. a female coworker who comes in and she's a big BL fan. Mm. <laughs> so she's like, she can see the pairing, but nobody mm. else at the office does. That's yeah. pretty good. And then she's rooting for them, but they don't know that. <laughs> like, so they think, oh, maybe she's coming on to me. And she goes, no, 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 no. I'm just into you two being getting together kind of thing. And it's kind of, it, it just kind of, that like, girl too. <laughs> it just kind of, all this kind of stuff, like, it becomes like this rom com situation where they, just, introduce more and more characters and make it more and more absurd. Mm -hmm. But as the story progresses, like volume seven and eight is when they meet their parents. And hot. Basically <laughs> have to have to explain like I'm like they're, they're worried. Like uh, hi, I have, this is my partner. Are you gonna disown me? <laughs> mm. you know? And they still haven't banked. Still a virgin, eh? Oh no, no, no. That happens. Oh wow. Spoilers. Mm -hmm. Sorry, my, that maybe happens around volume five or six. I lost. Wow. It is exciting to know that there's like an endpoint in mind. Because I just assumed that this was, again, like 25 volumes, like the full Takahashi. It's not going <laughs> to <laughs> It's not going to be like Ranma one half. I'll, I explain that, I'll explain that in the notes, guys. <laughs> yeah. no, Ranma, like, Rumiko Takahashi is one of the greatest, like easily top 10 greatest cartoonists ever. And her mm. series run long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you love them, that's great. If you don't, then, you know, it, they feel long. Yeah. But actually, I, you know what I thought about while I was reading this? Oh. While you mentioned, like, the, the lady in the office was mm. Nozaki-kun, mm. which was mm. another online comic turned, uh, you know, I guess print comic for lack of a better. Yeah. But I think that the jokes and the supporting cast were better. Mm. Were mm. Maybe oh, yeah. more engaging oh, for in sure. the beginning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A little more yeah. depth. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't find much in here funny, funny. It was more like, oh, I get yeah. a little light smile on my face at some point. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Nozaki-kun even has like the BL jokes of like, oh, we should, you know, pair our boyfriends. You know, they look great together or dress as girls together or stuff like that. There's all kinds of like cosplay stuff going on in there that sort of adds an edge, but it's like an innocent edge that mm. I was talking about like yeah. this kind of doesn't have. This one is kind of like a comfort read in a lot of ways, you know, because oh, yeah. the, the romantic you never really doubt that they're going to get together, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you never really, the the travails that they go through are relative bumps in the road. They're not like, oh, no, that, you know, like, oh, and like, oh, what's going to happen? And, you know, like K-dramas, like where it's like, like you're genuinely afraid that things are really going to go off the rails. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is kind of like this, oh, it's a happy ending. So I wrote this story for Comic Speed about, this romance novel that got adapted called The Bromance Book Club. Romance Pretty Book good Club. title. Yep. That's the name of it. Yeah, that's good. It's basically about a bunch of sports athletes and like alpha males. Chads. Get, Chads. <laughs> get together and read romance novels so they can have better relationships with their women. 
It's a pretty good idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. And so when I was doing research to write this article, they basically said, ah, oh, you know, but romance novels are kind of just like a, an escape valve, right? It's like a world where happy endings and true love and mm-hmm. it's like it's like fairy tales, you know, mm. kind of thing without the without the big bad wolf eating grandma, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. It's just like, oh, it's just the road will be bumpy, things will happen, but generally speaking, you're reading it because you're expecting a happy end. And it's a it's relaxing to go through that. So it's when I was looking to Cherry Magic and I was kind of shocked how popular it was. Like it got made into a live action TV series, it got made into a movie, it's getting made into an anime for some reason. This series scratches an itch. <laughs> I could see it. Mm. There's, I think it's very saccharine in a yeah. way. Yeah. Like the, the delivery boy, delivery man story, I should say, actually, he's definitely like an adult. <laughs> the stuff with the cat, Udon, where they find Udon in a box and they name it after the name on the box. <laughs> That's also a gag in Nichijo, where they find oh, a cat really? and name it after, you know, whatever the label is. And now I'm wondering if that's like a, like we mentioned, people being hit by cars and getting superpowers in manga. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm wondering if the eponymous cat box is a is a trope too. So I bet that a lot of this is probably the the creator like hitting her marks or hitting their marks rather. I don't know the the gender of the creator. Mm. Like there's even like a little like drops of God kind of looking page where Kurosawa is pouring a salad, or pouring <laughs> mm-hmm. whatever on a salad. For me, it just feels. I was wondering whether this is something that is fun if you've seen the the tropes. <laughs> mm. and, but if you haven't, it's just kind of like, ah, it's okay. The tropes I did recognize I liked. Mm. But the the sitting on the on a bench in a park trope is funny if when they're still just pretending to be homies. Because mm. it's mm. so intimate. It's like, <laughs> yeah, come yeah. on, dude. Just with your come pals. On, dude. <laughs> I think the scenes like this would have been more funny with Japanese where it's like, like a big kanji and like the whole panel is filled up with, ah, there he is. He's so cute. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I did like the, the lettering in this was very, like there are a couple of like overlapping lettering jokes, which I'm kind of fond of. Mm-hmm. It's sort of about licking somebody early on. Yeah. Found the lettering a little distracting. There's like seven fonts used throughout this book. And I was having a hard time with that at points where it was just like, why are they, why is the font? five different fonts in this. Like, I know that they're going for different effects, but I found mm-hmm. it a little bit much at times, like really yeah. actually distracting while I was reading. That's, I always, I was also thinking of you actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I found that as well. Like, especially, especially when a book is dealing with like people's thoughts, like mm-hmm. not just his thoughts, he's hearing the thoughts of others. So it's like, sometimes I would read a sequence, but like, oh, wait, who was that his thoughts or the thoughts that he was reading? And I'd have to go back and kind of double check that. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of consistency in terms of like what is used to represent what kind of thoughts. I was just looking at a page at the beginning and it was like, well, how about we take the stairs all the way to 17? And it's like his font changes on like these, this first chapter or second chapter, I guess between mm. word balloons and i think is he putting on a voice and then like mm. the narration or like the the virgin's thoughts are like a different font and style again they're like bold italics and then like it's the like inset stuff is different like it's just there's a lot there's a lot going on with the fonts and then there's still japanese sound effects too so i'm looking at a page here that's got like 
I would say seven or eight different fonts on it. And it's maybe like what page is that? So I'm looking at what page is it here? It is page number eight, like right at the beginning. And it's like, you know, we've got the Japanese plus the Japanese, like, you know, irk or touch uh, with the Japanese things, Mm -hmm. but like taking a peek can't hurt. And then come on, have a nasty personality, which is like a different font again. Mm-hmm. And then I figured you have a girlfriend I'm writing in the bottom right hand corner is a different font. The Vereen is a different sound effect font over in the corner. The woe, which is inside a word balloon also is a different <laughs> font, but it's inside a word balloon. And I'm not trying to run this into the ground too much, but it's like, there's a, there's a lot going on with the font choices here. And I actually was started to wonder, it's like, oh, this is a web comic. Maybe this is like, we talked about this before where most professionally published manga they don't do their own lettering, whatever's in a word balloon. I think you guys were talking about this with Jocelyn, maybe on the, on the Okinawa mm-hmm. episode, the like mm-hmm. printer or like a production person at the, at the publisher is just laying text into the balloons based on what's on the, in the script. Mm-hmm. But the author would have had to do all these, all, all of the writing themselves. So maybe they were doing weird stuff with the font in the original Japanese. I kind of want to check. I don't know, but they listed like where they're, web pages or where their Twitter is at the back of the book. And I want to check it out for the, for the show notes. I was thinking about that, but like, yeah, there's like, I think it's, I don't know. I don't even know what to say, but it feels like it's, it feels like, like web comics a little bit because of things like this, mm. where it's a lot more idiosyncratic, but it's also way really difficult to tell because we're getting it through this filter of translation and of another lettering coming in and interpreting what the original author did in the original language and stuff like that. So it's, it's a little weird. It's funny. There's a part of me that wants to justify all of that on an artistic level. Yeah. Like, oh, the confusion of all the fonts and, mm. and its usage mm. is indicative of what the main character is going through mm. with his contradictory thoughts and thinking, feeling everyone else's thoughts. But I think that might be me giving a bit more over to the author than perhaps they were <laughs> intending. On page 62 is a I guess a lettering thing that pulled me out a little bit, mm. but solely because I grew up on Western comics and I frequently read Japanese ones. It's the pointy word balloons in the top two panels. Oh, that it's stabbing him. Yeah. It's such a, it's a great gag. I love the gag in manga, but it always looks like the person being stabbed is saying something when they draw it like this with just uh. like regular balloon tails instead of like oh, arrows, he's arrows. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or something. Yeah. That a moment I was like, why is he so mean to his author friend? And then, oh, right. Yeah. This is, cutting advice arrows would have been more i've seen the when the arrows pierces the person yeah it's Mm. always such a good like visual bit Mm. yeah Mm. i am i'm in agreement yeah yeah and that was another one of the one of the little things where i was like okay they are hitting like some marks in here like they know where their audience is Mm. it's just not like me necessarily (laughs) yeah yeah maybe that's what i was trying to say this is a book that's where its audience is so where its audience is in maybe every aspect of it mm-hmm. but it's also like comfort reading in exact that exact way i think what like what deb was saying is true it's just like oh i'm gonna read this and it's gonna feel like the things that i like actually and sorry but i had a question and it's a little bit back david but the book that this most reminded me of while i was reading it in that same kind of comfort way for people and it feels like it's for people who like this kind of thing except this is bl but the thing it reminded me of was wodakoi oh yes wodakoi is <laughs> oh. like a relationship fantasy for otaku who want relationship fantasies when and i said i meant wodakoi 
That was the adult office drama one? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what I meant earlier. Oh, really? Because <laughs> this, okay. this reminded me of, because uh, Nozaki Kone's a very different book, but also not wrong. I think it was. Yeah, like, it's yeah, because yeah, they yeah. all have the, the. It's high concept rom-com. Yeah. yeah and the yeah. identical cast of like the orange hair main character, dark haired. Anyway, yeah, I yeah. get those mixed up constantly. But yeah. <laughs> The Wodakoi is the one. So we're on the same page as far as that goes. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I was going to ask yeah. you. And this had like that vibe of like, there's a lot of fantasy wish fulfillment with kind of like a dumb character. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, if someone likes me. I don't know what to do. It's like, someone likes me, but I'd rather play video games. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Does the print version have the preview for volume two in the back of it? It does. Like yeah, the yeah. very last page of the book, I presume. With the, with the. With them in costumes. Yeah. 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 And it's like, okay, this is like a Wodakoi joke. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and also a Nozaki-kun joke, but we'll leave that be for now. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit Nozaki. There's like Otome game type jokes. You know, like mm-hmm. the part where he's like, what What do I do? Do I say yes or no? The one where he was going to the house. Where is it? Want to stay at my place? Yes or no? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Like a decision tree kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. I mean, they, I think the, the author, I, I think even the author was surprised that it had the legs to go on for eight volumes. <laughs> Much yeah. that it, Like, it's just, it felt like this was just like a fun little joke. And then all of a sudden people loved it. Like, kind of like Wotakoi, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it takes on a life of its own. Is this author known for anything else before this? Not that I know of. On Slack, I shared the other series that's out in English, which is about two single dads raising young kids and not knowing how to cook for them. It's called Papa and Daddy's uh, something cooking lessons or something. Crowd pleaser. Yeah. And it's really cute, but it's like it, it doesn't have the BL element into it, but it does have cooking and recipes and it's really charming. Two straight dudes getting together to cook dinner for, for their kids. How, will mm. there, won't they? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I don't know. I'm only up to volume three. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm out. I will say I was actually going through the Q&A for the second half of the episode, and I found in the inbox that longtime listener of the podcast, Erica Friedman, was like, Oh, we wanted to recommend a Yuri. Like I was talking to the people on my Discord, and we want to recommend a Yuri title for you guys. And we don't take recommendations, as you all know, except when we do. And <laughs> they recommended She Loves to Cook, She Loves to Eat, which is, I think, a manga that Deb has mentioned. And it's funny that you mentioned the like the two dads sort of cooking, because it's the same thing. It's like this like committed, healthy lesbian relationship where like one of the people cooks for the other and they hang out and it's like a soft like unchallenging, lovely time spent with two people kind of manga. And I think that recommendation, whether or not we end up reading it next season, still just points to the idea that like there are so many comfort food manga. I was calling them, actually when I was at Viz, I was calling them meatloaf manga because it's just like comfort food and it's like there's a lot of filler and a little bit of meat, but it gets you through and Yen has just ended up scooping up all of those books. Like they have identified that this is their audience. Which like laid really... back camp or Days oh, yeah. on Fest. Days on Fest is basically about a bunch of college kids going to music festivals and enjoying them. Laid back camp is about going camping mm. and being dumb, actually. Just the dumbest uh, group of people. <laughs> not, in the, not in the Burning Man dumb stuck in yeah, the... Yeah, different, different kind of <laughs> naive, let's say. Mm. But yeah, but yeah. 
So I think that there are a lot of manga out there like this that would be really easy, easy reads. Yeah. And that's nice. It's the it's the mark of a developed marketplace that we have so so few graphic novels like that. More and more, but definitely there's like a whole industry of wouldn't you just like to sit down and read a nice comic as opposed to the North American industry, which is like, wouldn't you like to spend some time in somebody else's trauma for 250 pages? I think, which is a, a very different, very different thing. Which is kind of vaguely why I haven't lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things hard enough, man. That's kind of why I, it's. I mean, I was kind of thinking like this. This when did this series first come out? It came out. Let me look at the flip through the credits. Uh, da, 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 da. Where's our credits? Because it's all over the place. 2018. Oh, wow. So this is like, yeah, pretty recent, probably picked up a lot of steam during the pandemic. So I think so. Anyway, to, so to kind of wrap it up, <laughs> I knew this wasn't exactly going to be everyone's cup of tea, but I thought it'd be a fun little, fun little look at a different side of BL mm. and a fun little, you know, something light and silly, but you know, I like to see Kind of feel you guys out, like what what works for you and what doesn't. So, I'll concede that this probably doesn't work for you, but I think it was fun to just try it anyway. Mm -hmm. But let's go around the table. How about David? Why don't you give us your closing thoughts on this one? Yeah, I was pretty tough on this one. I think it's like pretty definitively not my thing. I need, like I said, more romance or more comedy rather than kind of just like a light dusting of both. But I think that it definitely is doing exactly what it intends to do and not in like a damning with faint praise kind of way like this is an author that knows their audience they kind of know like the type of humor that they're into and it just happens to be one that's like not my bag if one person used a cuss word you know they could have got me <laughs> <laughs> duly noted david duly yeah. noted. <laughs> chip how about you cuss word no one ever says cuss anymore <laughs> Oh, he's been cussing, all right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I agree with David. I mean, this ticks a bunch of boxes for someone who isn't me. I, I, I want to point out that the art's pretty good. We didn't really mm. talk about the art at all, but like the art really services the story. There's some interesting kind of visuals and layouts and distinct characters. And yeah, yeah, actually, there are a, a few kind of issues I have with the art, but like, for the most part, it's 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 pretty good. It's in the higher percentage of the stuff that we read, I think. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it, the author does a good job of what they are trying to do. And uh, I salute them, and I want more dicks in my work. Sorry. I will say, for an online comic, this has a ton of backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. Like, comparatively. I think yeah. that really kind of speaks well of the author, maybe. Mm. Like, they're yeah. really putting in their work to make it feel like a world where, like... It's real for these characters. Yeah. Chris, let's get your final thoughts. Mm, going back to how I opened the episode before I said dicks, 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 dicks. <laughs> oh, with your impression of me? <laughs> <laughs> I will say, while this is not taking advantage of a, of a real-life social situation like I thought it was, I think it might actually, due to its popularity, improve that same social situation in a way that might be really good. Like this is, as Deb was saying, this is a huge series in Japan. The live action drama did really well. The live action movie actually did really well as well. And now there'll be an anime. 
And the whole thing about having, well, sorry, one of the many things about having a gay identity, as opposed to just, you know, getting some on the DL from another dude, especially if you're married, is that being visibly gay forces other people to confront their own sexuality because it's like, oh, if this person is this, I've never had to think about what I am. I've always just been normal or the default, right? Mm. And I think that this is a manga about having to confront the idea of what you actually like and who you actually are inside. And the more people that see this like popular thing of like a guy figuring out in his 30s, like, oh, a guy is attracted to me? I've never even like, like it blows their minds and they actually have to like self-examine and maybe realize that they're maybe realize that they're not, but they still have to self-examine. That really helps. Like in the absence of a gay identity or a gay person in their lives, they've at least got a BL drama that's making them think about their office worker lives and maybe stepping outside of it on the weekends. And that's nice. Good for them. I mean, in the one thing that's kind of nice about this, and maybe it's a fantasy given how, you know, gay marriage is still not universally legal or recognized in Japan. Mm. But that for the most part, any conflicts revolving around being gay or like being seen as a couple resolve really sweetly and kindly. Even mm. when there's tension where Adachi's parents are hinted at possibly not accepting the relationship, they're a little bit more hesitant. But it gives uh, Kurosawa a reason to say something really profound and really reach this emotional turning point that shocks everybody. Mm. And, you know, like he has to really say what he feels. Mm. So that, you know, that's like in volume eight. So yeah, keep reading because it gets to this point where you're like, oh, that's so good. <laughs> you really grew. Oh, you know. I'm trying to imagine Adachi's parents being worried and then also not being like, but our son is a huge loser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Adachi's a salesman. Oh, oh right, right. Wait, is he? Kurosawa's parents, the, um, I'm sorry, what is it? No, is Adachi is. No, Adachi is the. Adachi is a loser. Adachi is yeah. okay, okay, Adachi's a loser. So, like, when they meet his parents, his parents are like nonchalant, like, oh, good, he's happy. Mm. Oh, I see. You that know, like, awesome. Sense. Yeah. You, you're like, we're just happy he's happy because we didn't think he'd ever be happy, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> like, yeah. And yeah. then the Kurosawa's parents, who are used to him being, you know, this. Handsome guy, achiever, blah blah blah, and then when the the mother kind of goes, "Are you sure you're not going to regret this?" Mm-hmm. You know, I, I get that you're together, but I'm sure you're not going to regret this. And then it, you know, then Adachi says some really comes out and is more outspoken and really lays all his feelings on the table in a way he doesn't in the previous seven volumes. <laughs> mm, finally, yeah. yeah. So oh, so that, so nice. like Chip said, hot. <laughs> I do want to say he's not a loser because he's a virgin, like virginity yeah. forever. He's yeah. a loser because he's the lead in a romantic comedy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. He's the lovable loser. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he's also yeah. a loser because he can read minds. So he's not using it for financial gain, right? Exactly. Come on, because he's too he's too nice to do anything <laughs> devious with it, right? He's like, a coward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> no, but he does grow in the in the end. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. Grow into a fantastic embezzler. <laughs> anyway, I've, I've pretty much spoiled this entire series up to yeah. volume eight. But you know what? Come on. You make it sound pretty appealing. Like yeah. It sounds like it goes places that volume one doesn't necessarily hint, but mm. definitely needs. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm. It, it takes Agreed. a little bit to get there, but I think that 
the steps, like the author says in the back, you know, that she, their, her, their intention is to really show shifts and changes in the relationship as it mm-hmm. grows. And you can see that, like, now that freed from the motion of, oh, I'm just making these one-off little jokes on Twitter, it feels like they put a lot of thought into the characters and how they're going to interact with each other and deal with friction and, like, when they have to move away from each other or other kind of obstacles get in their way. It seems very grown up. Nice. You know, how they deal with their relationship issues. And it's kind of nice. It's not as, like, the other book that I was thinking about instead of this one, and probably, but I was saving it for Chris, says, what did you eat yesterday? Mm. Oh, yeah. We actually recommended that back in episode four and Chip passed on it. And that's when we let Chip pass on books (laughs) instead of just making him read them. (laughs) So we've never I, gone I can only it. delay a book now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think What Did You Eat Yesterday, kind of like Cherry Magic, as you were saying, Chris, presents gay relationships in a way in a way that makes people feel like, oh, I'm rooting for this. Mm. Or like, oh, yes, they should be together. Mm. Or like, yeah, you know, this isn't that big a deal. Because we weren't on the Okinawa episode, Jocelyn actually recommended the What Did You Eat Yesterday live action drama in her shout outs. And so I watched the first episode and it's more intense than the manga is. The manga is so light and fluffy and nice. And that first episode, like, oh, she was kind of an asshole. And it's like, oh, why are these guys together again? I know that they have like 20 volumes of like nice, you know, (laughs) long-term romance, but this guy's a dick. And it's just like, oh, he's dealing with his own shit and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it's, uh, I'm curious now to see if the Cherry Magic drama ramps up the intensity a little bit or if it's just as fluffy as the manga too so there's a lot of ways into this story there's a little more tension like with rivals oh and there's a lot more sizzle oh okay of course yeah Yeah. that's tv for you eh? (laughs) yeah in any (sighs) case thank you for indulging my wish spread a little cherry magic this time around I don't know why that sounds so gross. <laughs> Just the worst. <laughs> For a little cherry magic around. God, <laughs> Deb. Because if, if I didn't recommend it, who would? <laughs> it's, true. it's true. I would have gotten there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was a nice little discussion about a fluffy and charming and heartwarming boys love manga. We will be right back after a couple, well, possibly heartwarming commercials. <laughs> what's so special about hero bread's soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs five to eleven grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving made with natural ingredients hero bread supports gut health promotes weight management and helps maintain blood sugar Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. All right, and we are back. I hope that was a lucrative little bit of 30 seconds. Because oh. <laughs> we could use some of that, eh? <laughs> Christmas is coming. Yeah, <laughs> so much manga to buy. <laughs> there's, that, there's that Chainsaw Man box set I've had my eye on, so... <laughs> Mm. So, Chris, we haven't really been digging into our question bag. Want to pick something and let's give it a try? Yeah. First off, my apologies, because I kind of fell apart over the summer, as you may have noticed with our upload schedule. But I also fell apart answering questions in our email. So 
Let's try and get back into that, but we're going to start off with a slightly older one from David Bednar, who's a longtime listener of the show, friend of the podcast. Hey, Manga Explaining, my nice young Christian brain doesn't get censorship standards in manga. Why are nipples only a, some, sometimes drawn? Why are little boy penises funny, but grown-up penises need black bars or pixelation? Are there, like, re-penis additions? What's happening here? I don't understand. Ah. <laughs> uh, that's I don't a... feel qualified to answer that one. <laughs> there are repenis editions. There like, are repenis editions. A, like when they decensor stuff for US release, they're like, oh yeah, we gotta add these back in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, where do I where do I start? Well, sorry, sorry, with the, with the, uh, just to follow on that. So were the penises originally drawn in the Japanese versions and they put the bar over it digitally and then it removed? It varies. It varies. It varies. Okay. And like sometimes you might not get a perfectly honest answer depending on who you ask and when. Because even gotcha. the act of drawing something for publication, if it's going to be censored later, like some people are very afraid of that. And so they literally do just draw like the white cone of light outline or they draw nothing and then just make a shape out of screen tone that is vaguely penis-like, but some people, yeah. so here's two stories. The The best story I ever heard about manga, and this is like from way back, this wasn't Fanagraphics, through their Eros Comics line was translating hentai manga, like, like straight up porn manga into English. They hired somebody, you know, it was Studio Proteus was doing all the touch-up, really like high-end. They Studio Proteus hired somebody to go in and redraw all the things that had been censored out because they had been manually censored in Japan. So someone's Mm -hmm. job was to go in and literally just redraw penises in every single panel and vaginas and vulvas and like the whole, all of the anatomy was to go in and like white out the censorship and then redraw it in the style of the author. And this was someone's full-time job for like four or five years doing like, this was like the level of retouch that was going on alongside like lettering and sound effects and things like that. So like, that's like literally my dream job. Yeah. This could be your, (laughs) this could be your, your whole deal. Well, in 1996, maybe 1995, but on the other end of that, especially with contemporary doujinshi, people are just drawing everything. And that's just like, you send your files to the printer and they're like, oh, we're getting a little bit more heat from the censorship bureau this month. Got to add a few more black bars. And this is like for hentai. So it's like, okay, so they get the files back and they just add like more stupid black bars that are still dumb and you can still tell exactly what's going on. But it's like, we made the attempt for it to be censored. And then they send it back and they're like, yeah, this should be fine. And it's just, there's, it's, it's people self-censoring at different levels out of fear of government because the standards are so ill-defined because the government knows as soon as there's like a hard standard, everyone will find a way to work around that standard to like the nth degree. <laughs> so it's yeah. just wherever the, the whichever way the, the, the winds of the cultural moors are blowing. So that's for hentai. Yeah. And I will say on the, like Faku is the biggest producer of, of straight hentai right now. They are getting uncensored files. They're not redrawing for the most part, but they're they're mostly picking series where the original genitalia are drawn in full splendor and then censored after the fact, and they're choosing those those series on purpose. And so, if you buy like North American versions of stuff, it'll it'll be uncensored. It'll be uncensored by the artists or by Faku by just like pulling off the layer that has the censorship on it. So that's like, yeah. and if you. Like, I think the more that kind of stuff happens, the more it's obvious to artists over there, like, oh, there's an audience for this. Yeah. So I should just, you know, 
draw the dick, kiss the girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know what video we're going to have at the end of the show this time. I'm picturing that crab singing Draw the Dick. Yeah. <laughs> but I, weirdly, I have a penis joke anecdote mm. that Ooh. goes with that. There was some news that just broke recently. Well, news. Someone gave an interview and was talking about their career in wrestling, this wrestler, Brian Danielson. And he was like a very important wrestler when I wasn't watching wrestling. And then he retired and came back. And part of his deal with coming back was he didn't want to be like the the guy on a shelf that everyone looks up to and is, you know, got a pedestal is yeah. a better word for that. Mm. So he was like, yeah, instead of like the usual locker room talk about how tough we are and everything, I just ask everyone if, whether or not they think floppy penises are funny. Because <laughs> it's the funniest possible. <laughs> like that's the funny part of a penis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's such like a goofy thing. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, yeah, one, he's right. It is. Yeah. And two, it's such a great way to break the ice and force someone to meet you like on an equal level. Yeah. <laughs> the gutter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's my argument for why there should be less censorship in <laughs> Japanese manga. No, I don't know. It's it's funny because it's so inconsistent. Like yeah. Christopher was saying, it's people trying to meet or trying to get around a framework that apparently is like written in sand on like the on a beach. Yeah. You know, it just washes yeah. away every morning. So the other story was Dragon Ball. And this is going back yeah. to the beginning of Shonen Jump at Viz. This is like the big manga revolution, one of the second revolution that changed everything after Tokyo Pop went to 999, you know, size Tokyo Pop format books. And mm-hmm. it was Dragon Ball was originally released as comic books, like 32 pages, you know, 199, 299, just like what comics were at the time. And it was uncensored. So and the early chapters of Dragon Ball had Goku as like a little kid running around. And, you know, he'd he'd pull off his clothes to go swimming to catch a big fish and then kick the fish in the face because it was a giant fish. And it's like wiener would be out. Or like Crayon Shin-Chan is another example of like another little kid character who has like. Yeah, he was like he would draw like elephant ears on his pelvis. So his the trunk of the elephant would be his wiener. And that was like the funniest possible joke in this kid manga. And these discounted like the they had overstock of like the 10th printing of Dragon Books was so popular. So I threw it in three for like three for a dollar, like pre-made bags and then sold them at Toys R Us. <gasps> and so some parents like, oh, oh wow. my kid likes Dragon Ball and there's three for a dollar comics or whatever. I'll pick it up and give my kid. They open it up and they look and it's just like a naked little boy running around. And it's all like they've heard about three. Yeah. And all they've heard about <laughs> manga is, oh, my God, manga is like the devil. And they're like, come on, how bad could it be? And it's like and then they're like, not only that, but there's like jokes where little Goku has never seen a woman before. So like the first time he sees Bulma sleeping, he pats where like her, her wiener should be and there's no wiener in it. Like he peeks and he's like, oh, my God, you've lost your wiener. And he goes berserk. <laughs> like, what has happened to you? You've been you've been attacked or something like uh, all these like sex jokes and whatever, because it's not a series for kids in Japan. Like, it's like kind of like Japanese toilet humor kind of level. But for the most part, people who are reading it are like 14 or like show, or 15. They're like Shonen Jump readers. Yeah. So it's like a big, big deal. There was a huge censorship like scare. So the versions of the Dragon Ball, the first Dragon Ball trades are censored, even though the comics that they contained are not censored. And then the Shonen Jump sort of relaunch happened and they're like, we're going to uncensor this and we're just going to hope nobody notices anymore. <laughs> so you can get both like there's like the comics are uncensored, the original editions are censored. And then since then, it's been uncensored. I think Japan maybe stepped in and was like, you can uncensor this or you can just not carry this. And so far, so good. But I do know that, like, the Toonami cartoon, for example, when they ran the anime on air, those early mm. Dragon Ball episodes, 
there is so much censorship, like bad early digital, like whenever anyone's doing anything and there's like a boob showing or, you know, Goku's running around naked, there's a little cloud that follows him around. <laughs> covering up his junk. It's, it's funny. Uh, so I've got two Dragon Ball censorship bits then. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I don't, don't want to interrupt your... No, this is good. This, this is just thought. trade censorship stories. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so on the digital censorship of the American edition, there's a thing in Dragon Ball called the Home for Infinite Losers, mm. HFIL. Oh, which yeah. was originally a T-shirt that said H-E-L-L. Yeah. You can't have that on Cartoon Network. Yeah. So they photoshopped <sighs> it. <laughs> oh. But Home for Infinite Losers is such a good name. Yeah. Like they, really is. I think they found a home run in, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the other is in the original run of Dragon Ball, there's like a big fighting tournament where there's like a Frankenstein's monster, Invisible Man, a Dracula, that kind of thing. And the way they fight the Invisible Man, we talked about like the nose-spurting blood thing when someone gets turned on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There is a perennially horny old man character that probably wouldn't fly nowadays. And they angle him towards the invisible guy and pull down the main lady's top. And he's like, oh, wow, boobs. And his blood shoots out and coats the invisible man. (laughs) (laughs) Like the predator. (laughs) Like that's the level of humor in Dragon Ball. You know, Uh, so see, but he's more some sort of like sexual predator. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah, very much so. <laughs> it's like this weird mix of like innocent humor, like the dick jokes are pretty innocent. Yeah. But then like they definitely know what breasts are. Mm. So there's definitely like a tension, you know. Yeah. Oh, so amazing. going back to Japanese cultural mores and why certain things are censored and certain things aren't, you really just have to look at the bathing culture. So until you're, I think, five or six years old, if you're a little kid, you can go, regardless of the gender of the little kid, you can go into either the men's bath with your dad or the women's bath with your mom. It doesn't matter, you know, what you've got going on. I think it used to be until 10 and now they've lowered it to like eight or even five in some regions. And it's just children that age, like whatever's going on, isn't like, isn't sexual. So it doesn't matter if they're depicted, but as soon as someone is like a sexual being, Oh, then it gets dicey. If we include any kind of nudity or anything going on, but then there's also the influence of Western art. Where like the bare breast, especially in like European art, is like non-sexual. It's about it, you know, the 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 France with her with her boobs out is about freedom and rebellion and whatever. So like the non-sexual breast, you can have a lot of non-sexual breasts in a manga and still have it be in a shonen manga if it's art. It's the same thing as having a statue of David, for example. I was just watching Rick Steves travel like a like a boomer travel dude who would go around Europe and do travel videos on PBS actually. And like the thumbnail for his YouTube of like being in Florence is just him next to Michelangelo's David. And it's just like, (laughs) technically that violates all of YouTube's stuff because it's just like, it's, there's like a depiction of a penis in this thumbnail photo, still monetized, still very popular, gets recommended. And we just make exceptions for, you know, traditional art. So if it's, you know, if it's a mom with a bare boob or if it's even like a beautiful lady with like a, the hint of a nipple showing, it really depends on context. And I think yeah. it also depends on the magazine that it's in, too. Some magazines are a mm. lot more like Harta, ironically enough, has a lot more nudity. That's where Bride Story runs and things like that. And it's because most of the a lot of the people working in Harta magazine, even though it's a seinen magazine, are women. And that's like what they want to draw, what they choose to draw. Mm. Why would you censor, like, why would I censor my own body if I'm drawing that sort of a thing? Whereas yeah. when it's in a, a a different kind of seinen magazine and it's more titillating for Chip, mm. then it's like, oh, okay, we got to put a explicit warning on this one or we've got to like tastefully obscure. So 
yeah, it's Japanese cultural mores, the influence of Western art, what you can get away with, the progression of time. Because Shinchan, oh, I'm in Taiwan, and Shinchan is the most popular cartoon character in the whole country here, beating out Doraemon, which is shocking, or anything from the states. And Shinchan, that Mickey Mouse elephant, a bit more, way more popular than Mickey Mouse. Actually, there's Shinchan everywhere here. It's, it's Shinchan wild. is kind of like Bart Simpson peeing, but at like the height of his, <laughs> at the height of Bart Simpson's popularity. Yeah. Shinchan is here, and they've they've edited out Calvin all the Calvin peeing. Yeah, the Calvin peeing thing. Although they did have Bart yeah. doing it, but they edited out the elephant gag when it's oh. re-airing on TV now, and they don't show that. And there's no none of that is in the merch or anything like that. Now, whenever he wants to be naughty, he just shows his bum, and that's like that's it. He's mm. like mooning the audience. Oh, the space alien joke. Yeah, yeah, oh. and yeah, it's yeah. like things change. Things are changing in how manga is 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 depicted, and they're always changing. They've always been changing. And so it that's the other thing. We get manga simultaneously from like 30 or 40, sometimes even years, all at once. Like it's it's like all the new manga this week. Like some of it came out last week in Japan and some of it came out 30 years ago. Yeah. And it's different cultural standards were applied at the time that the manga was made as well. So it's it's the answer is humans are complex and the manga industry <laughs> reflects that. <laughs> the answer is also. If you can't figure it out, that's okay. Nobody can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're all just doing our best to manga explain our way yeah. through this. Yeah. It's a legitimate question. Like, the first time I saw the bars and the peanuts, I, that that ain't hiding nothing but whatever, dude. Yeah. I don't know how- Joke's on you. I'm still turned on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to just include links this time in the show notes, because I don't think I can put all this into the show notes. I think it's going to cause a real problem on Substack. <laughs> Mm. blaze that trail blaze that trail yeah, yeah. yeah. Have that conversation <laughs> yeah it's art it's art like yeah michelangelo's david right there you go there was a shonen jump manga called teenage renaissance that featured oh. like renaissance paintings and statues as high school characters yeah <laughs> yeah it's like clone high yeah, yeah actually yeah exactly <laughs> same gag same bit like even mannequin piss like the statue of like the, the angel peeing into a thing was a character the mascot of Brussels, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that has to, had to have had some wild censorship conversations. Yeah, no oh, kidding. Yeah. There's three of those, by the way, within 10 minutes walk of my house. That this, mannequin piss. statue? Yeah, that statue, or? like, repli no, replicas of the mannequin piss statue. There's oh. just, like, we're just walking, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, that fountain? Oh, my God, it has the mannequin piss on it. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. I can't get over how face them all in the Shinchan. Yeah, there you go. It's <laughs> a little elephant drawing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could argue it's America who's me messed up, get, get, you know, getting bent out of shape over these things, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, the, and, 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 we're, and we're not the worst. I mean, I saw, you know, Page of Attack on Titan where the Titans are wearing bicycle shorts. Honestly, oh. I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that sounds was, great. I was talking to somebody about that, and they were saying it was – a country where country, Malaysia or something. Yeah, or it was like it was too racy, even though they didn't have genitals for them to be naked. So there's a couple countries where Attack on Titan runs and all the characters are wearing like weird shorts, like Incredible Hulk style almost. And the lady Titan is wearing like a like a one piece <laughs> bathing suit kind of like it kind of fits because <laughs> so they were modeled off of MMA fighters who basically wear that stuff already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mm. want to see this. Put that in the show notes. I want to see it. I'll see if I can find <laughs> it. Please. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Okay, well, I think that was a pretty rousing 
answer to that question. <laughs> David, yeah, let us know if we answered that question. Thank you so much for, for sending it in. That basically means at least another hour to a show notes looking for these examples, but whatever. Yeah, We're here to yeah. serve. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then we had one more thing come in that I thought I'd bring up, but I posted on Blue Sky, which we're I'm on Blue Sky, Chip's on Blue Sky, David, Magus Plenty's on Blue Sky. That's where all the cool kids are going. Yeah. Kinda. Sometimes. Sure. Mm. Or at least the cool kids who don't bother each other in, in racist <laughs> ways. <laughs> Not yet. Give it time. Yet. Yet. It is social media. Oh, I yeah. may have jinxed it. <laughs> Problem isn't the, the platform, it's the people. And they'll get there eventually. We did have an interesting little comment from one of our listeners who goes by Scott the Human. I'm sorry. Maybe you have a last name, but sorry. The Human is his last name, like Finn. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a bear. The icon is a bear. But anyway, I'm not going to dwell on this. He's trying to trick you. It's a bear trying to trick you into thinking he's human. Oh, no, a bear. Don't get me. Kind of like. <laughs> Who is that an impression of, Christopher? Yeah, yeah. Hey, it was, a, it was, an, yeah. It was self, even worse. Yeah. <laughs> that sounded like Snagglepuss. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, the comment which I thought I'd share with the team was proposed spinoff, comic splitting with Deb in the chip role. And I threw that at both David and Chip and. They seem to think it was a good idea. I yeah, I, I think so. You 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 do badmouth uh, Marvel and DC books a fair amount on this podcast from a place of ignorance. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like you before no, manga planning. You were just like, "What is going on with this?" Exactly. Guys. Oh. <laughs> oh my god! I hate all this manga. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm reaching for a glass of water and there's a million speed lines. Oh. <laughs> No, no. Obviously, obviously, Deb is fairly accurate usually in her assessment of Marvel and DC comics and the North American comics marketplace. But I, I do feel there are uh, exceptions. There are uh, stories that these companies have produced over the decades that are actually potentially new reader friendly and stand the test of time. So I am very willing to do a very special episode where uh, David and I, and maybe even Chris, uh, bring Deb into the world of of Marvel Comics. Oh. <laughs> In my defense, I will say that I used to read Marvel and DC Comics quite a bit mm-hmm. until the second time Jean Grey died and I said, Sherlock, and I left. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got the third time Jean Grey died for you. So Yeah, yeah, that's, what, that's our pick. <laughs> Please no. <laughs> Man. Actually, well, that's a great run. What do you think? It's great Morrison, New X-Men. I, I, yeah, that. It was actually, yeah, it was actually a good, good story. Life. What'd you say, David? What do you think she should read? What should we put on the uh, put on the list? It, for for my money, the best story that Marvel has ever produced is Daredevil: Born Again by Frank Miller and David Mazzucchelli. Mm. It feels like it's like the height of both of their powers. Well, now, well, Mazzucchelli gets even better after this, but what? Wait, no, is it, isn't that the one where Electra comes back to life? No. That's Electra no. Lives Again. Yeah. Oh. That's Electra Lives Again. Yeah. Which is also a classic, but a little less new. Oh, no, because I read that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a quite a beautiful book. But yeah, this one is like in the 80s. I think it kind of bucked the trend at the time because a, a Jim Shooter was in charge of Marvel and he mm. said you could only do two issue storylines. 
Like, like you can have a cliffhanger, that's fine, but you got to wrap it up in two issues. And this was like a five-issue, I believe, storyline that was kind of allowed to see the light of day. Tell me in what, because I might have read this one. What uh, Daredevil uh, Born Again is basically about, it's, it's kind of the storyline that cements the Kingpin as his arch enemy. Because the Kingpin started as a Spider-Man character in like in the '60s, but Miller and Mazzucchelli tell a story about basically the Kingpin figuring out Daredevil's secret identity and then just kind of breaking him down oh. as 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 a bit of a game. And so it's like it's it's like we were we were talking about this earlier, David and I, about like how like mm-hmm. that's kind of where that trope kind of started. And it's something I continue when I wrote Daredevil too: the idea of like breaking the character down. Oh. And then building them back up over kind of several issues over a story. It's beautifully drawn. Uh, almost every page has an illustration that I just, I can't believe exists on a comic page. Like they're so well done, so naturalistic. Was this before Batman Year One or after? It's before. It's before. So then I, then I think I read this one. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll, we can hit it again and see. We can definitely yeah. revisit it. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I love it. I, I love Batman Year One. Mm-hmm. It, it's Matt Kelly, more stylized, but more. I think where he really kind of finds his own style, like Born Again, he's kind of like aping a little bit of Gene Colan, who came before him. Mm-hmm. And you can actually see that's the other thing. Like a lot of the manga we look at, you can see the progression of the artist over volumes, mm-hmm. and here you see the progression over issues, like five issues. You can see a difference from issue one and issue five mm-hmm. in terms of what he's trying and how he's expanding as an artist mm-hmm. in his like twenties. It's very aggravating. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I love it. I've reread it many, many times. You know, some still holds up, some doesn't, but I think as a as a story, it's really, really super strong. So I, I recommend that we do a special episode on that. I don't know if David agrees. Yeah, let's do it. Um Chris. Yeah, I'm down. I think it's interesting that you had to go back 40 years for the best or 30 80s 40 years for the best marvel story though kind of sucks no no there's, like there, there's been good ones since then but i think this is the one that like not only is it like kind of historically important in terms of oh is it the counterpart to akira which is our framework for the manga splaining it's for close. me yeah. personally yeah hmm, maybe that works it then. has elements of the same thing where it's sort of like startlingly startlingly I can't say this word. Shockingly good at the time. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Like there were a lot of good comics coming out, you know, in 85, 86. It was like an incredible run. Yeah. Mm. But there's this one where you're like, oh, but this is like maybe timeless. Mm. Yeah. In a way that like mm. Watchmen and I don't think Dark Knight Returns have really managed. Yeah. Yeah. To kind of give you some like things, like I really, I was kind of more of an omnivore mm-hmm. up until maybe the 2000s. Yeah. And then it's it just kind of right, like maybe like the late nineties. Mm-hmm. No, sorry, the late eighties, early nineties is when I kind of gave up on American mm. comics for the most yeah. part. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same. I think kind of like, uh, like I guess ninety three. When did X Men One come out? Claremont, Jim Lee, ninety two. Ninety two. Yeah. yeah, shortly after that, I was out. No, that's when I died. That's when I was. That's when it. In. Yeah, yeah, we exploded from there. It's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Spending thirty bucks a week. <laughs> yeah, like I was like seventeen, I think, when that came out. Sixteen. So at that point, I was switching over to Vertigo, and I was just like, "Oh, I don't actually like mm. these stories. Aren't hitting me anymore." Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's funny how that goes. It's kind of too bad because, like, with Japanese comics, like you can graduate to another magazine. 
Mm-hmm. Like, you mm-hmm. know, when Shonen Jump is no longer your bag, you can go to like Jump Plus or Ultra um, Jump or Ultra Jump, Jump or something or... like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I, that's what I, that's what I end up doing. Cause like I end up kind of graduating cause Vertigo launched at that time and I became mm. a Vertigo reader mm. and, and kind of after that, it, like Fanographics. And then I was already in college. I didn't have any money to spend on anything. Mm-hmm. And then I would just, I would just dip into various companies, products if if the book appealed to me, like, and if I could withstand the continuity barriers, which is obviously an issue. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a tricky thing. You like the job of writing these books. Cause you have to, you have to address the continuity of it because so much has happened to the characters that you can't just kind of hand wave it all away, but you also need to make it new reader friendly. Like that was, that was my challenge going into writing daredevil myself, which is like, all right, mm. issue one, like I've got to talk about the fact that like, he almost died last issue. <laughs> the one that I didn't write. <laughs> but that sounds really frustrating as a writer, eh? It can be. I mean, it's it's a it's a nice challenge too. I think a daredevil thing mm-hmm. is like having that springboard. Not even a springboard. It's like a springboard that you didn't aim necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the transition from Bendis to Brubaker where Daredevil goes to jail, you know, yeah. is like a big deal. It sounds like an exquisite corpse, you know, where like someone yeah. draws the oh, head yeah. and then the folds it and then you got to draw the neck and the torso. It's like, Yeah, Darede- Daredevil more than other Marvel <laughs> series. One of the most exquisite corpses. Yeah, Daredevil's become kind of known for it mm. to the point where when I was taking over the title, I had a meeting with the, at the time, current Daredevil writer, Charles Soule. And I made a joke about the fact that like Daredevil has a, a interesting handoff usually from writer to writer where you kind of write them into a corner and they got to get out. <laughs> that sounds awful. But but I mentioned this to Charles. He goes, that's a good idea. I'm going to kill Daredevil. I'm like, no, I've already written my first issue. Like, you can't. Like I, like, I was really panicked, but I was able to find a way around it. You guys are evil. <laughs> but I, but I, I mean, hopefully you set up in an interesting way. Like, so spoilers for my run, which has ended at the end of my run. I basically leave Daredevil as an amnesiac priest. Like I, I, I set him up with a totally different scenario and I pass him off to the new writer, Saladin Ahmed. And so all of a sudden Saladin's got like this, like this new status quo for the character where he can hopefully explore because he's a Catholic character and I've, I've left him as a priest. So he's like, he's got him out, you know, doing exorcisms and like fighting actual devils and demons. So it's like, it's a different spin on the character because there is the danger of repeating, which I've fallen into as well. Like, you know, mm. the, the tropes of, of what that character usually goes through. And you want to give the next writer kind of like a fun springboard to try something different with it. But yeah, anyways, that's, that's a bit of a long thing for me. We can get into it a lot more on our Daredevil Born Again special episode. I look forward to it. That sounds like fun. <laughs> nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Well, I think that leads us into some very interesting territory. And as we close out, well, we're not quite closing out season four, but it's going to give us some really interesting places to go for the rest of the season. Mm. Especially since next week, talk about, now it's time for something completely different. We're going to read River's Edge oh by Kyoko God. Okazaki. Here we go. Have you guys <laughs> Is it read sexy? it? Sexy? Is it sexy? No, but yes. Oh. Oh, Becky Clonan drew the cover, so yes. Oh, oh, all right. No, 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 she designed. She the designed cover it based oh, on designed. artwork, but it designed it in such a way that it looks like she drew it. It's wild, actually. That yeah. cover. Is- <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at it like, did Becky? No, I found the panel it's from. But whoa, mm-hmm. good job, Becky! Wow, nice. 
it's the best version of the cover for River's Edge I've ever seen in any mm. language. So it really captures the mood. Nice. So we'll see you next week. It'll be a great one. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we'll be back next week with something very different. So be sure to come back for that. See you then. 